And it's a long process, but that shows that dedication, that motivation right. to really make a positive change in our life. You're listening to For the Love of Health, a podcast about delivering care and creating health, brought to you by Christiana Care. And now, here are your hosts. Hi, everyone. I'm Michael Chesney. And I'm Megan McGurman. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Health, brought to you by Christiana Care. According to the World Health Organization, worldwide obesity has tripled since 1975, and obesity is a very serious chronic health condition. Weight management can be complicated. It's not always just about willpower and poor food choices. Joining us today to talk about a comprehensive approach to weight loss is Dr. Caitlin Halbert, a bariatric surgeon and chief of surgical services at Christiana Cares Wilmington Hospital, and Dr. Lisa Breslow, bariatric medicine specialist based out of Christiana Care Primary Care at West Grove. Caitlin and Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited to be here today. So as Michael mentioned, the obesity rate in America is going up. Why is that? So if we go back to the late 70s, early 80s, around that time is when we really started to see that uptick in obesity. And although it may not be the only factor, around that time, people started to kind of consume more ultra-processed foods. But I think, too, if we look back just... In the past 10 years, we look at obesity rates in kids. Another reason why that could be happening is um, because of screen time, right? Like lack of physical activity, in addition to the ultra-processed foods, fast foods, um, portion sizes, things like that. Portion sizes have almost tripled Mm -hmm. in the last decade. And you can correspondingly see from the 90s to early 2000s, the rate of obesity had doubled in all states across the U.S. Mm -hmm. That wasn't any different here in Delaware. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A third of our patients in the state are considered overweight, and another third are considered obese. With that comes a lot of risk factors for other diseases, most importantly diabetes, Mm -hmm. which we have also seen that rate double in the last 20 years in the state of Delaware. And so... We've seen what we would consider an epidemic of obesity. Mm -hmm. You mentioned obese versus overweight. What's Mm -hmm. the difference between those two things? And and what is the risk difference between those two? Overweight is a BMI of 25 to 30, up to 30. A BMI of 30 and above is obese. Of course, the higher the BMI, there is greater risks of obesity-related comorbidities. One of the scary things that patients tend not to know about is the increased risk of cancer. So it's not a cosmetic disease. It really is a health risk. And for clarity's sake, a BMI or body mass index is a height versus weight ratio. And it gives us a sense of of how much excess weight a patient is carrying over their ideal weight. Mm -hmm. It's not a perfect science, exactly. though, I'll be honest with you. Um, we rely on BMI because it's an easy calculation that we can do, that patients can do. Yeah. You can find that calculator online. The bottom line is we try to collect data on our patients so that we can measure where they are at a time frame, and then we can help them towards mm-hmm. goals that are based on numbers, but really, more importantly, based on their health. We're going to be talking about weight loss surgery Mm -hmm. today. And so maybe we'll start with what might be people's frame of reference for that. (laughs) Shows like My 600-Pound Life, 1,000-Pound Sisters, things on TLC, Discovery. How accurate 
Caitlin, of a representation of what you guys do are shows like that. My 600-pound life has been out for years. It is a great show to talk about the success that some folks can have that are extremely overweight. However, that probably accounts for less than 0.5% of the patients that walk through our door and are great candidates for surgery. You know, the surgery is for patients who have 100 pounds to lose, have 80 pounds to lose. Um, You know, when we're talking 400 pounds to lose, that's quite a lot. And so I, I love those shows because it gives folks a flavor of what bariatric surgery can do but it really isn't a good representation of what we do on a daily basis. So let's talk about what you do on a daily basis. <laughs> Both of you, you're kind of on the two ends of, of the spectrum here yeah. in the weight loss community. How is Christiana Care's approach different than other health systems in the region and, and on shows depicted on television? Christiana really does a good job of providing patients a lot of support throughout the process. Of course, it isn't just me prescribing medication or Caitlin doing surgery. Um, There's a lot more that goes into helping a patient, which is really going to help them to keep the weight off long term. What we do between dietary counseling and behavioral health support Mm -hmm and anti-obesity medications and bariatric surgery, we have all of these options to provide to patients that are all varied in themselves. Yes. Christiana Care does an amazing job with, with hiring on a bariatric you know, medicine colleague, a bariatrician, <laughs> um, and it, it is very unique mm-hmm. um, to have that in the system, and we yeah. hope to have more Lisa's coming on board. <laughs> and then the bariatric program, you know, it's it's a large continuum of care for, mm-hmm. for our patients. And that was the commitment that Christiana Care made to this community in treating obesity. Lisa, Caitlin called you a bariatrician, a unique role kind of nationally, I would think. Yeah. Talk about kind of the difference between your role and your role, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. My role is, of course, the medication aspect, but there's more than that. It's my job to also screen for things that may be contributing to obesity. I delve through their entire past, essentially. If there is some sort of a psychological component to why the weight has increased, then we plug patients in with therapists. The patient that definitely needs needs surgery, then then I will refer to to Caitlin yeah, to and my we'll... team. Yeah, <laughs> and so and so I'm I'm amongst five surgeons here at Christiana Care that that take care of um, patients who meet indications for bariatric surgery. And these surgeries, typically we talk about the sleeve gastrectomy and the gastric bypass. Lisa, you talked about sending patients over to Caitlin for surgery. How do you make that distinction? Who is a candidate and who is not a candidate for surgery? That's a, a little bit of a loaded question in the sense that medications can only result in so much weight loss. If it's more than 20% of the their weight that they need to lose, it might be a good idea to explore the surgical options. It is possible even after surgery mm-hmm. to add on medication. And our insurers actually mm-hmm. have like a set line to meet indications for surgery yeah. where it will be covered. A lot of that is based on our bariatric society's guidelines, uh, thankfully. A BMI over 35 with a obesity-related comorbidity or anyone with a BMI over 40. But that's just kind of the numbers game because really we're looking for folks who are committed to those lifestyle changes. We want folks who have tried 
mm-hmm. other avenues for weight loss. Surgery is not a magic pill. Pills aren't a magic pill. Pills are not a magic pill. <laughs> <laughs> weight loss um, is made up of multiple components to really be successful. Mm-hmm. So we want our patients to be well-rounded and fully prepared to make the real big change in their life, to to put the focus back on their health. And if we didn't do all of those things for our patients, we wouldn't be doing them a service, really. And the first thing that a patient goes through is a seminar. It goes over the risk of obesity. It goes over the risk of surgery, the types of surgeries. And then patients come in and see one of the surgeons. And so they come in to see us. It is a a very emotional visit for a lot of patients because they're talking about their struggles with weight loss. I'm sure you've seen this too in your office. We always have tissues. Always. (laughs) Um, Because it is the time where we really want the patients to you know, be very genuine in their aspirations and their hopes. And if the surgeon feels that they're a great candidate for surgery, then then that launches them through a whole process. Uh, so they see our dietitians, they see our psychologist. Um, so they get assessments by both of them to for appropriateness. Um, they go through a series of classes called life skills classes that goes over everything from how to read nutritional labels. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy eating, exercise, um, how to even just going through stress, stressful situations and how to cope differently than using food, for example. Um, And then we also go through the diet before and after surgery and uh, nuances with that, how to start vitamins, what kind Mm -hmm. of vitamins to take. And they also see our Center for Surgical Optimization, CSO, which is run by our medicine and anesthesia teams. And those patients get prepped from a medical standpoint. So it's really interesting because they do a full cardiac and pulmonary workup for patients. Oftentimes we are diagnosing diabetes. We are diagnosing obstructive sleep apnea for the first time in a lot of these patients. And they also get an endoscopy typically. So the surgeon and then the patient goes to surgery. And it's a really fun day because there aren't a lot of patients that love their surgery day. Bariatric patients love their surgery day because it's yeah. a big change in their life. And I, I, I am honored to be part of that change for them. And it's a long process, but that shows that dedication, that motivation right. to really make a positive change in their life. Lisa, you talked about from a physical perspective, the difference between someone who's a candidate and not. What is also the difference in your mind from sending someone to Caitlin or saying we should be trying other things first? When do you know exercise and eating right just isn't going to do it. There's so many aspects that go into um, everybody's weight loss um, experience and journey. We focus on four things, which are essentially the four pillars of obesity medicine. Of course, diet and exercise. Medication is one part of it. Um, but then that we work on habits and things. And I, I often don't want to send someone to Caitlin until I've kind of addressed Mm -hmm. important things that really are going to be impactful to their weight loss journey. Caitlin, tell us briefly about the two kinds of bariatric surgery that you perform. I'll start with the the gastric bypass. It's been around for a long time. Uh, It's really been perfected over that time frame. And what we're doing essentially is cutting a small pouch away from the rest of the stomach, which limits how much somebody can eat at a given time. And then we also have that go down a track of small bowel separate from the rest of the small bowel until downstream where they meet up. 
And that helps prevent the food that's going down there to interact with the enzymes that would break down that food. So that helps minimize how much gets absorbed into the body. Uh, the sleeve gastrectomy essentially is the removal of 70%, 70-80% of the stomach. Obviously, it limits how much somebody can eat in there. It also helps with early, obviously, early satiety. And by taking out that portion of the stomach, we're removing uh, hormones, for example, like ghrelin, that would make somebody hungry. Lisa, you mentioned that some patients get that bariatric surgery and then continue to see you to really stay on track. What does that post-surgery life look like for patients? We have to remember that obesity is a, it's a chronic disease. Mm-hmm. It's not a disease of willpower. Sometimes with obesity, you know, you might get down to a certain weight, but if the weight starts to creep back up and if there's mm-hmm. a, not a surgery that can be further done, medication is oftentimes what patients gravitate towards. It's just another tool. It's another know? tool. Yeah. And, and I think that big emphasis on tool, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. <laughs> it's not just the surgery. It's not just the medication. Mm-hmm. We have to <laughs> have hit those other aspects mm-hmm. that influence weight because there is no panacea. Right After surgery, patients, patients really do tremendous with their weight loss. In the first year and a half, that's when we see a significant weight loss. In the first couple of weeks, patients will be losing a pound a day, a pound every other day. Within the first three months, coming off their CPAP machine, you know, their diabetes medications sometimes come off the day right. after surgery. But it is a long-term chronic disease that needs support. And so a lot of what we do collectively mm-hmm. is provide support for our patients long-term. And we know there's so many studies on this that patients that are following up with a bariatrician, with a bariatric program, mm-hmm. they are more successful in their weight loss. Absolutely. Long term. Yeah. yeah. So what are you seeing numbers wise for that success? 70 to 80 percent excess body weight loss in the first year and a half. Wow. And having patients come off of their blood pressure medications and come off of their uh, high cholesterol medications because their lipid panel at six months looks beautiful. Yeah. Just even sleep apnea alone, yes. we see resolution rates of over 85 to 90% at three months. That's amazing. Yeah. But over time, we can see weight regain. I tell my patients, I want to know when you've gained five pounds, not 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I also tell patients to kind of live within a range of about five to 10 pounds. But, you know, if you're hitting that upper level of that range, come in and see our team so that we can help get folks back on track with whatever they may need. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. We ju- we never want to go back. And you have a bariatric cookbook, a Facebook group. You guys are really investing in this community. <laughs> yeah, it, it has been a labor of love. We realized that patients were struggling to figure out recipes and they were going on Pinterest and they were going to all these other places. And I was like, they need to come to us. Because 170 pages of amazing recipes easy recipes, holiday recipes, um, recipes for every stage because patients have to go from liquid to puree to soft to regular after surgery. And then the Facebook page um, is probably one of my favorite things. We created this a couple years ago. We have 900 patients on the Facebook group now. They post multiple times a day. Hey, I'm going down to Glasgow. Who's going to come meet me for a little walk in the morning Saturday, and also, hey, I'm struggling today, and I want to get back on track. The patients really created the magic there. 
what's the best recipe in the book? <laughs> so one of the favorite things actually comes from the puree stage of mm-hmm. food. I was not expecting you to I say that. I was going to say, yeah. No. It's called a ricotta bake. So it's the first time that folks are getting something more solid-like in their diet. It feels like a real meal. They can cook mm-hmm. it for their whole family, but they're on a pure, secretly on a puree diet. Something to try. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Before we wrap up, we have two experts in obesity and, and being overweight with us, so we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the growing visibility of anti-obesity medications in popular culture, in just the general zeitgeist in the country. Mm-hmm. Can you guys address that a little bit? Everyone knows about the the GLP-1 agonists, which are the injectable medicines like Ozempic, Wagovi, that a lot of the celebrities are using. Sometimes those medications aren't appropriate for patients based on medical history. I think they are great medications. They're a great tool Mm -hmm. to have in our arsenal of treating obesity, but there are others too. There's oral medications that we use often. While the GLP-1 agonists have really gotten a lot of publicity lately, that's just one medication group that we have. But just like surgery, medication needs to be tailored. Right. Um, you know, the 100%. right medication to the right patient based on their symptoms. So it is kind of funny. We, we see that all the time. Hey, the celebrity is on this medication. I, I'd love to see that too. But, but really, we have to make sure that we take a step back and really look at the patient. Some other medications are better for other things. We have stress eating or we're trying to target specific cravings. Ozempic might not be the best thing for that. The medications aren't without their own risk. Sure. And so great point. we don't want to start somebody on a medication who doesn't have, you know, an extreme amount of weight to lose. Not to say we can't help folks with a BMI less right. than 27. We just help right. them in a different way. In a different way. Yeah, Yes. absolutely. Caitlin and Lisa, thank you both so much for your time today. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. And we'll have more information on Christiana Care's Weight Management Center and a link to Christiana Care's Bariatric Cookbook in the show notes for this episode at christianacare.org slash podcast. I cannot wait to try some of those recipes. Absolutely. And while you're at christianacare.org slash podcast, you can subscribe to For the Love of Health on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And while you're in the apps, leave a review help more people find the show. And we also love to connect with all of you on social media. Just search at Christiana Care. We're going to be back in two weeks with another great conversation. Until then, thanks for joining us for For the the Love love of of Health. Health.